Well, good morning, Crossroads. I am Joey Estes. <laughs> if you're visiting, you might buy that, but uh, no, I'm not. I'm one of the pastors here. My name is Jack. Joey is on vacation this week, and so uh, I want to invite you to prepare your hearts for worship. I want to read a verse of scripture to you this morning, and hopefully this will encourage your heart as it does mine. Uh, John chapter 15, uh, verse 13. It says, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And if you're visiting, you're our new friend. But most importantly, if you know the Lord Jesus, you are a friend of God. And we're going to start our worship time together uh, by singing that this morning. So let's stand together and let's sing that song of praise together this morning. right now because of this virus thing, but look around and smile at somebody and just say, I'm your friend. All right, make somebody feel welcome, and then you can have a seat, then you can have a seat. Hey, thank you, so good to see you this morning, and you guys can have a seat if you'd like for a minute as well. Thank you for being here. If you're visiting, we are so glad that you're here, and I want to encourage you, there is a connect card, it may be a little reach in front of you in the back of the seat in front of you if you would grab that and fill that out if you're visiting. In just a minute we will be asking our ushers to come through and to take the offering and you can place that in that basket as it comes by so that we are aware of your attendance and we can be praying for you or serve you uh, this week. There are a lot of things uh, going on in the life of our church. Uh, we had a great time, maybe I shouldn't say this because I was here last night and it was a ladies thing, but I stayed in the back. 
Uh, we had a great time with uh, about 25 or so ladies last night and got to hear from uh, Courtney Johnson Rhodes and had a wonderful time and so uh, so thankful for that. Uh, and uh, we're going to be doing something for the men, us guys, on October uh, the 4th. You should see a flyer. And if you see one of those, if you're a man, I want to encourage you to grab that and bring somebody with you on October the 4th for our men's breakfast. A Colonel, a Chaplain Colonel Greg Woodbury will be here, retired from over 30 years in the Air Force as a chaplain. We'll have an incredible story and testimony for us on that morning. So mark your calendar and bring somebody with you. Don't forget tonight we'll have our... Our regular Disciple Life ministries and classes, all that's on the little half-sheet announcement sheet, so I'll let you read that. I do want to just highlight a couple of things. Uh, one, this afternoon, it says 4.30, but we're going to give you an extra 15-minute nap this afternoon, so that's for free. Uh, at 4.45, we're going to meet with those of you who want to volunteer or signed up back in the spring for our craft show, car show. That'll be this afternoon. Uh, we'll kind of meet back here in this little office area at 445, so if you will mark your calendar for that at 445. And we have had a lot of folks visiting over these last several weeks, so we're thankful. If you're visiting today, we're glad that you're here. Many of those friends have said, hey, how do I become a part of Crossroads? And so uh, we will be starting back up our new members class on November the 1st. Uh, the first three Sundays of November during our Sunday school hour. So if you're interested, that little uh, slip in the back of the chair in front of the Connect card, just write that on there so we'll know. And we'll reach out to you and make you uh, send you a reminder about that class coming up. And uh, we're also going to be having a baptism service on November the 8th. I know we've had a couple friends who've said, I've not yet followed through in baptism, believer's baptism. So we'll be doing that together on November the 8th. A lot of things going on. And we're still looking for two. Two friends that would want to leave the cooler temperatures that are headed this way in December. And just when you start getting tired of the coolness, you can go with us to the Dominican Republic and enjoy the balmy 80 degree Caribbean temperatures. So if that kind of gets you excited after you woke up this morning with the chill in the air, uh, then we've got two slots left and I would love for you uh, to go with us and be a part of that. So a lot of things going on. I want to encourage you to read our, our half sheet. And uh, uh, before Alan comes to sing this morning and lead us in worship, let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you for the privilege that we have uh, to gather together uh, in this place. We are so, so grateful, God, that we get to worship together. And we pray this morning, Lord, that our hearts would be tuned to you. We would be reminded of how good you are. And, uh, Lord, as we look at your word in just a little while, that it would be alive to us. We know that it's alive. We know your word says it's alive and active but that it would be alive to us that your Holy Spirit would just take control of anything that's said and done in this service and that you would get the glory. And we thank you for your love for us today. Thank you for the assurance that we have that we know we belong to you if we're a child of God. And we give you the glory for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. There's something about the old songs that blesses my heart. And I see just a few gray hairs out there that maybe some, this one might bless you and bring you, take you back home. But first of all, over a hundred years ago, two ladies came together. One was blind, one was not. The one that was not 
wrote some music and started playing it. And she asked the blind friend who wrote lyrics, what does this say to you? What does this inspire you? And the blind lady said, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And the rest is history. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. All is at rest I in my Savior Am happy and blessed Watching and waiting Looking above Filled with His goodness Lost in His love This is my story This is my song Praising my Savior All the day long This is my story this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long, praising my Savior all the day Good morning. As we continue to worship uh, through our giving, you know, if you will, I'm going to ask the ushers if they'll come on forward. And uh, if you if you haven't put your offering in the box, uh, they'll come by and pick it up for you. So let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we just thank you once again for this day. Lord, we thank you for that blessed assurance that we have in Jesus Christ that all who place their faith and trust in Him have eternal salvation. And they long for a better day. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless these tithes and these offerings. I pray that you would use it to the furtherance of your kingdom so that the gospel may expand and may extend into places, into people's hearts that haven't found the hope that comes in a relationship with Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to continue with our worship this morning. I saw some of you after uh, Alan finished singing doing this. If you miss it, that's applause for our deaf friends. They're going to teach us a lot. I'm hoping over the next few weeks. I've learned a couple of signs this morning that I'm going to use on my wife later. I knew this one is I love you. That's I love you. And then this is beautiful. It's kind of it's a practice. Some of you are looking at me like, what's he doing? Come on, practice with me. Beautiful. There you go. Okay. I love you. You're not saying I love you love me. I know. It's okay. It's all right. You can use that on your spouse or your, your friend there. All right. Hey, stand up this morning. We're going to continue to worship. 
And uh, tell the Lord He's beautiful. How about that through our singing this morning? I am forgiven because of He was forsaken. Let's sing it together and worship. He's our King this morning. crown you today Lord we give you honor and glory you are Lord of Lords you're the lamb upon the throne that should give us peace and comfort to know that you're in control and you gave your life for us that amazing love I pray this morning as we look at your word you'd speak to our hearts today show us yourself and all your glory and show us in our condition before you without our relationship with the Savior Teach us today from your word. I pray for Heath as he comes to speak and preach, God, that you would use him, anoint the words of of your word, your scriptures, as he shares them today, that we would leave this place and be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. Well, good morning. Good to see everyone today. 
You know, today, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at several different topics. Today, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, leadership. And, you know, if you were to Google the word leadership, if you were to ask a number of people about leadership, you would get about that many different answers as far as what leadership is, what does it look like, how is it accomplished. But you see, and all for believers in Christ, there is one thing in Scripture we go to God's Word to see what God says about leadership, what God says about certain areas of leadership. And as we look at this topic today, um, talking about biblical leadership. So if you've got your Bibles, if you'll turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to begin there today. And leadership is one of those things that you can go into any pastor's office, you can go into any... Um, businessman's office, and you're going to find leadership books probably on their shelf uh, in a various different ways. Uh, if you go in mine and Joey's office right now, you're going to see multiple different uh, books on leadership. Um, and they are good things. There are some good points in there. Um, but I think it's important that we look to the main source, uh, what God says about leadership, because He is the one who is guiding us. He's, John MacArthur says this, Biblical leadership is at the core of the New Testament church. And in 1 Timothy chapter 3, we read these words. Here is a trustworthy saying. If anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, your translation may say bishop uh, or may say uh, pastor, he desires a noble task. Now the overseer must be above reproach. The husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. For if anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. Verse 8, deacons likewise are to be men worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of faith. With a clear conscience, they must first be tested to see if there is nothing against them. Let them serve as deacons. In the same way, their wives are to be women worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be a husband of but one wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. You see, there's many different roles, many different things about leadership. The two things that we're going to talk about today, though, is that role of pastors and deacons. At Crossroads, we have pastors, and we have multiple pastors. Uh, we have different roles, um, some as, as teaching pastor, some as the lead pastor, uh, as our children's pastor, uh, Kayla, serving 
and ministering to the children and the families and um, myself with our students, as well as uh, teaching and preaching uh, along with Pastor Jack. But uh, there are also others in here, like Pastor Jim, who pastors, and he teaches on Wednesday morning Bible study, and what an awesome job uh, he does each and every week. I tell you, if, if you've not been able to make it uh, to a Wednesday morning, uh, and if you're ever uh, available to come to our Wednesday morning Bible study at 11 o'clock, uh, you will be truly blessed uh, because it is evident in his preparation um, throughout the week uh, that and his excitement as he teaches God's Word. Uh, we've been going through the book of Hebrews, uh, almost finished, right, Pastor Jim? Uh, we're getting there at the end. One more week, and uh, then we're going to be going into um, some prophecy, I believe. Uh, a couple things there. So, But today I want to look at four different character traits of the pastor role when it comes to biblical leadership. The first thing is this, is that the pastor leads under the authority of Christ. The pastor does nothing on his own. Uh, if he does, it will not succeed and it will fail because the church belongs to Christ first. Uh, it is Christ who gave his own life for the church and Christ is the head of the church. And the pastor leads under that authority and only under that authority. The pastor serves as God's messengers to shepherd the flock and the congregation. And understand this. That being a pastor is not something that, uh, that we take lightly. And uh, it's not something that we should take lightly. Because it is a demanding calling. It is a great calling. It is a blessing. Um, it is a wonderful calling. It's an important calling uh, for those who have been called to full-time vocational ministry. Uh, but it is not uh, one that is taken lightly and, and should not be. It is a demanding calling many times you know it's not a nine to five when the clock strikes five uh, ministry does not shut off uh, for a pastor Uh, there are many times that that calling continues in the evening with meetings uh, or those uh, unfortunate two o'clock in the morning phone calls uh, from loved ones who have had a family member pass away and we get up, and we leave our families, and we go, and we minister, and we love on those that are hurting. Uh, it is a around-the-clock thing, and it is something that, um, that is demanding, but it's also something that um, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing if God didn't call us to it. You know, it, it's not a burdensome, burdensome calling, uh, but it is a demanding calling. The second thing here that we see, not only do the pastors lead under the authority of Christ, but pastors care for the body of Christ. They nurture the church. They protect the church when they care for the body of Christ. They meet needs when needs need to be met. They pray with their congregation. They pray for their congregation. They serve their congregation as Christ would call them to. 
But pastors care for the body of Christ. Why? Because pastors or another word for a pastor could be shepherd. And just as a shepherd cares for his flock of sheep out in the fields, the pastor cares for the body of Christ, that local body of Christ that God has called him to. They protect the church at all costs. They protect from those that would come with different philosophies and different doctrine that doesn't line up with the Word of God. They protect the church in that way. They protect them from the false doctrines. They protect them from the wolves. I love this, what um, the book of Acts says. It says, now in these days when the disciples, excuse me, uh, Acts 20. I got my notes mixed up. It says this, Acts 20, verses 28 through 32. Pay, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know, and this is uh, Luke talking. He says, I know that after my departure, this is uh, Luke telling about Christ, that fierce wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. And from among you ourselves will arise men, speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore we must be alert Remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which was able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Pastors are to care for their flock in various different ways. Sometimes pastors care for their flock just by going and sitting with one. Checking on them. Just talking with them. One of the beauties of caring for the body of Christ is when we're able to visit our shut-ins. Now that looks a little bit different in 2020. Uh, as Pastor Jack uh, has shared on many occasions. You know, instead of being on the inside uh, of the house, sitting in the living room with folks, it's sitting on the front porch with a glass door in between uh, us and our congregation. Just last week, he went to have a visit with Miss Jewel, and uh, she said, come on in. He said, no, I don't want to do that. But pastors care for the flock. Why? Because... They love their flock. Just as Christ loves the church, the pastor loves the flock. They love their congregation. They love those that God has so graciously given them the opportunity to serve. The third thing that pastors do is, the third character trait, is that pastors teach the word of Christ. I shared with you earlier about Pastor Jim on Wednesday mornings teaching the Word of Christ. They study the Word extensively. I don't think a week goes by that he doesn't share about all the opportunities and all the time that he's spent preparing during the week for Wednesday morning. How many hours goes into uh, studying for that one hour, that 
30, 40 minutes of presentation. A good friend of mine, good pastor, buddy of mine, Brad Atkins at Lake Bowen Baptist Church, he said this uh, to me years ago. He said, he said, God will be with you in your presentation as much as you allow Him to be with you in your preparation. And, you know, that could go beyond biblical leadership. That could go into leadership, uh, whether we're teaching at school or whether uh, we're, uh, we're a businessman. And understand that uh, that's getting ready to uh, present a project to a group of people that they've been working on. Allow God to be with you in your preparation so that He will be with you in your presentation. Pastors communicate God's Word effectively to the congregation. I don't know how many of you have tried to, to speak to a group of people that, that ranges from, let's say, 13 to 85 or 90. And teaching in such a way that it communicates the truth of the gospel and the truth of God's word to all those that are listening. That is not a task that everybody looks forward to, but it is one that, that we enjoy. We communicate God's word effectively to the congregation. The fourth trait that we see is that pastors model the character of Christ. They lead by example for the congregation. You see, pastors have got to set a godly example for the church to follow. It's what John MacArthur says. If you look throughout the New Testament, you see the Apostle Paul who challenged young Timothy, who was a pastor of the congregation, with the importance of this title or this topic of being an example. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, he says this, starting with verse 9, This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Kind of the similar beginning as he started in chapter 3, talking about overseers and deacons. When he says, this is a trustworthy saying, he's saying, Paul is saying, you can take this to the bank. You can count on it. But Paul says this, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. As for this, we labor and strive. That we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, and especially for those who believe. Command and teach these things. Verse 12. We, we use this with our students as this is our theme for our student ministry. It says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. And, and the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, a young pastor who doesn't have a lot of experience, but he's telling them the importance of setting an example regardless of your age for your congregation and the people that you're serving, the people that you care for. If you will set an example in these areas of life, that trust will come. He says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. 
He goes on to say, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect the gift which was given you through the prophetic message in the, when the body of elders laid hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save yourself and your hearers. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul, talking to the church at Corinth, tells the congregation at Corinth, to follow His example as He follows the example of Christ. He wasn't saying, follow my example because I know exactly what to do. He was saying to the people there in Corinth, He says, as I follow the example of Christ, you follow my example. Because as I'm allowing Christ to lead me and guide me, He's going to allow me to be an example of what it looks like to follow Christ. The great coach John Wooden said this about leadership. The most powerful leadership tool that you have is your own personal example. You see, we can talk about leadership. We can talk about being an example. We can talk about what it looks like to be an example, what you need to do to set an example, what, it, what you need to do uh, in leadership models. But if we, all we do is talk, then we're, we have no ground to stand on. Not only do we talk about it, but we follow it up with leading by example, by living it out in our own daily lives. Do you realize that so many people, before they hear a word that we say, they look at the example of the life that we live. Ask yourself this question. As a leader, what would happen if the people closest to me imitate me? What would the people, what would the congregation look like if they imitated the leader? And as a, as a leader in your home, as a leader at, at your work, ask yourselves, what will happen if the people around me that, that look to me as a leader imitate me in my personal life? Now that's a scary thing. We're getting personal here. We're talking about when nobody's looking. We're talking about character. We're talking about our integrity what our decisions are, what we, what we do, what we say when people aren't looking. What about if they imitate the leader in his family life? Or in his business and social life? In his spiritual life? My question to you today, Crossroads, would be this. If people imitated us simply by our example, would it point them and draw them closer to Jesus? Or would it push them further away? It's a sobering thought. 
We can talk. But if we don't walk the walk, then our influence is not as strong. The second thing that we see here is not only the traits of the pastor, but also he, Paul goes into telling Timothy about deacons and traits of deacons. There's three traits of deacons that I want to look at here today. And in Acts chapter 6, if we were to look at what was going on there, we see these words. It says, now in these Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, we see this model of choosing what we would call in the first New Testament deacons. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in a number, a complaint by the Hellenists rose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. The twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven good men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, from Antioch. These they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. A great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So Paul gives these, these traits here. These, things that deacons should be. And here are a couple things that I want to bring out. The first thing is this, that deacons meet the needs according to the word. They arise from specific circumstances. In Acts chapter 6, there was a circumstance where the church was continuing to grow as the gospel was continuing to be preached and taught. And there was a circumstance where this one group felt like their widows were being overlooked from the other widows in the distribution each and every day. And so the circumstance arose that there needed to be somebody to help the apostles meet the needs of the congregation at the time. Of the believers. And so they chose seven. Deacons assume the accountability for specific commands. Once these, these seven were chosen, it says they were prayed over and they laid hands on them. And once that happened, they were accountable for the action of taking care of the widows so that the apostles could continue the time of prayer and preparation for the word. Deacons meet needs according to the circumstances. In Acts chapter 6, these men help meet the needs of the widows. 
The second thing about deacons is this, that deacons support the ministry of the Word. Deacons support the ministry of the Word. What do you mean, Heath? How do do they support the ministry of the Word? This is what I mean. The deacons serve along with pastors so that the pastors can lead. So the pastors can cast the vision. So the pastors can prepare to preach the Word. The deacons come alongside the staff as partners in ministry so that more ministry can be done and the needs of the congregation can be met. Do you realize that if it was all left up to the pastors to do every single meet every single need of the congregation, that not every need would be, would be met. And that's why where the, the importance of deacon ministry comes into play is that they come, on, they come alongside the staff in helping meet a need because there may be a time where they, they are the ones that end up stopping by the hospital to check on a member. They're the ones that make a phone call to a church member, to see how things are going, to let them know that, hey, we've been missing you. If there's a specific need, just not long ago, there was a need when the big storm came through over at Miss Jewel's house, lightning hit. Uh, and who was it? It was deacons and many of the other men in the church that came alongside the deacons and ought to meet the needs of Miss Jewel. And all she could not have paid for all that work to be done. And in just a couple of hours, with just a little bit of sweat, a lot of sweat, and, and some hard work, and, and some chainsaws, the need was met. I know Pastor Jack was, was there, along with uh, Sonny and some of the other deacons, even some of our young men, and all stepped in to help. And I believe one lady and, uh, came to help out. They met the need. They can support the ministry of the Word. Real quick, I'm going to ask you, if you're a, an active deacon, if you'll stand up for just a moment. All active deacons and all, if you'll stand up for a moment. This isn't to give you praise. This is just so that we can... People can see exactly who our deacons are. And all. so if you are an active deacon, and all, will you please stand up? All right. One here. And all, I know Sonny's son, away. But, and let's see, I'm trying to think who else. Jeff's at work. And all, so, but we've got uh, all these Eric's back there helping out. Jeff Zook, Sonny Callahan, Tripp Atkins, Dave, Eric McQueen, Lewis Mayfield. I know they're, they're traveling to help out their daughter who has a need right now. But these deacons, they're there to support. And deacons also lead others so that they can serve. They lead others so that they can help serve. The third thing is this, that deacons unify the body around the word. You see, it always goes back to the Word because the Word is our authority when it comes to biblical leadership. Deacons demonstrate a Christ-like character with the mission mindset. 
They unify the body around the Word. They demonstrate that Christ-like character for the congregation. They lead by example. They set the example. They're willing to go above and beyond the call of ministry so many times. Why? Because it comes down to this. Church leaders exalt Christ as they display His love for the church. And it takes all of us doing our part to accomplish the big picture of God's mission for this community through this church. There's no way that if it was left up to just the pastors, that the ministry that goes on in and around and outside these, the walls of this church could happen. It was left up just to the pastors. There's not enough time in the day. And here's the beauty of it. God never intended it to be just the pastors doing all the ministry. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 4. It was he, talking about Christ, he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Here's why. To prepare God's people for the works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining the whole measure and fullness of Christ. Verse 14, it says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there of, by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitfulness. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Him who is the head of the church, that is Christ. From Him the whole body, joined and held together, supporting together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Did you hear that last part? As each part does His work. See, these are, the ro- these are just two of the roles that the Apostle Paul hits on. And he shares with young Timothy in 1 Timothy. But there's many other roles of leadership. Those of you that are small group leaders, those of you that are Sunday school teachers, you play a vital role into the equipping and into the building up of the church. But when it comes to leadership, you can go to the local bookstore and you can find so many other books on leadership and how to do it. But as a follower of Christ, and you know, there's one book that gives us clear and concise direction when it comes to biblical leadership. And it may not always be the popular thing. And as the world continues to go the way that it goes, it won't always be the popular thing. 
Biblical leadership will not always make the popular decision, but they will always make the right decision as they pastor and as they lead under the authority of Christ. Because biblical leadership isn't about the applause of man, it is about the acceptance of the one who's called them to lead. So as a church, you say, well, where do I fit in? Well, there's multiple ways where you can fit in. The first is real simple. You can simply pray for your leadership. Pray on a daily basis. Pray for our guidance. Pray as we prepare to lead. Pray that as we prepare to ask God, God, where do you want us to go? How do you want us to go? And how fast do you want us to go? Biblical leadership in 2020 has looked a lot different. And in many ways, we talked in the office during staff meeting about how many times it has been busier and has been more demanding than ever before because there are multiple ways that that we're trying to minister and to care for the flock. Those of you that are watching at home today, this was not an option in 2019. But in 2020, it became a necessity that we go and we stream our services so that those of you that, whether you feel comfortable, not feel, you don't feel comfortable yet being back here, or you're just not able to be back, where you can continue to be filled with the Word each and every week so that you know that you have a church that loves you. Even in your absence, you have a church that's praying for you. And you have pastors and leaders who care very much for you and are here to meet any needs that you have. Simply put, you can pray. You can pray for us. You can pray for your leadership. The other thing you can do, you can encourage. Do you know how long, how far an encouraging word can go some days? Being a pastor, being a deacon is not always the easiest thing. There are some hard times. Now, I do believe that the good has always far outweighed the bad days. But there are days that we feel hurt, that we feel depressed, that we may not know exactly what what the next step is, but we know who does. So just a little word of encouragement, maybe a phone call or a text saying, hey, just want to let you know I'm thinking about you. If there's something that I can do for you, please let let me know. The other thing, not only pray for your staff, not only encourage them, but pray for their wives as well. So many times, 
They're the ones that make the biggest sacrifice. So that we can lead under the calling that God's placed in our hearts. They're the ones who are at home in the middle of the night when we get called away. They're the true champions. Today, as we finish up, I ask, You'd ask God, God, what is my role? What do I play? What is, my, what is the role that I play in extending and expanding the gospel of Jesus to this community here at Five Forks? And whatever it is, wherever he leads, I pray that you will go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that it proclaims even when we stumble through it. And God, I thank you. I thank you for the calling that you have laid on our hearts. I thank you for the opportunity to lead. And Father, I pray that even when we fall and even when we mess up, I thank you for your grace that's there to catch us. Father, I pray that in 2020 and beyond, that we will lead by example. And that through that leading and the equipping, of the saints that the church will grow stronger and its presence with the gospel will be stronger than ever and that it will expand into more homes in this community simply because we're just following Jesus and under his authority Father, today I thank you for a church that is so loving. I thank you for a church that is so caring. And I pray that today that you would just comfort us in these uncertain times and remind us that you were here before a pandemic, you were here in the pandemic, and you will be here after the pandemic. And you will always be leading. And I pray that we will be listening. In your name we pray. Amen. During this time, I just ask you, take a moment and ask God, what, as the musicians play, God, what is my role? And give me the courage and boldness to accept that role and to lead 
as you give me that opportunity. So just take a moment, and then we're going to be dismissed. I want to thank everyone for being here today. And if the Lord has stirred your heart, maybe you haven't made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ, and you want to talk with someone afterwards, and oh, our pastors will be around here, Jack will be around, I'll be around, uh, to talk with anyone who would like to know um, about trusting in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Jack, and as we close today. Thank you, Heath. Thank you, brother, for that word. Love you, man privilege to get to serve with you. A couple of just quick announcements before you head out. Don't forget 445 if you are a part of our car show, craft show team will be meeting and of course Disciple Life tonight. Uh, this coming weekend coming up, uh, you send, some of you may know about this, there is a huge group of folks that are headed to our nation's capital to pray for our country and uh, Franklin Graham will be leading that. Uh, a lot of pastors are going I wish uh, wish uh, we could we could go, but we're going to be still here. Uh, and so, what uh, our friend Lydia, which I'm so glad Lydia reminded me of that, because with a lot going on, I'd almost forgotten. We're going to open up our church on Saturday, this Saturday. And if some of you want to come here to pray, then we will be praying here while a lot of other Christians are praying in our nation's capital. So, if you're interested in doing that, if you'd let Heath or I know. And uh, you can come in and out, you can stay for an hour, you can stay for two hours, three hours, however long you want to pray, and uh, we'll be doing that together, okay? God bless you, it's great to see your faces, give somebody a chicken wing or an elbow bump or a high five, whatever you feel comfortable doing, have a great afternoon, Lord bless you.